Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. I really, uh, I really, I really like that song, Just Breathe. I like all of them, all the different the whole medley that we did but there's we didn't sing it but there's the verse of that song it's i I love it the the verse of that is um only you take my breath away only you take my breath away only you take my breath away and breathe new life into me and that's 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 one of the things that the holy spirit does He's the breath of God. He's the wind of God. We said it last week, the Ruach, it's Hebrew for spirit and breath and wind. And, and Numa, it's Greek for wind and spirit. But Ruach, it's, it's the breath of God. And God, when he breathed into it's, it's so here's how powerful the breath of God is. When God breathed the breath of life into a lump of clay, it formed into all of humanity. So even the breath is, is it's not minuscule. It's not something small. It's powerful. So when we say, Lord, the, what you did, the, the breath of God, your breath, spirit, blow into us. Yeah. Well, now we're not physically saying, Holy Spirit, come and do mouth to mouth. I ain't saying that because I need my distance. But literally what we're saying is, Lord, the very substance of life, stir that within me. Yes. The very substance of life, the very breath, the blow, stir that within my heart. Yes. Stir it within my mind. Because guess what? As he blows in. He's going to blow some things out. Amen. He's going to blow the fear out. He's going to blow the anxiety out. He's going to blow the triggers. The, he's going to blow the things that trigger the trauma. He's going, to, he's, going to blow the, he's going to blow the right things out as he blows the right things in. Amen? Amen. Why? Because light and dar- darkness, they, don't, they, they, can't, they can't exist in the same space. Not because God's like, oh, there's darkness. Ooh, I got I to gotta keep myself here. No, because God is so powerful that he makes the darkness tremble. He makes the darkness tremble. Amen? Amen. But, you know, just a review from last week, like I said, Ruach is the, it's the Hebrew for uh, spirit or breath um, and wind. And then Numa, it's Greek for wind and spirit as well. You know, where this is, this is part two. Somebody say part two. Part two. Part two in our pneumatology series. Pneumatology means the study of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, the reason we started this is because last, last Sunday was the anniversary of Pentecost. Pentecost doesn't mean you got a beehive, your hair, and long skirt all the way out to the driveway, but just means that, you know, we celebrate Jesus, we celebrate the Holy Spirit, and we're studying him for uh, the rest of this month because there's so much. In, and I will give this, this disclaimer that by the end of this month, we still will not have tapped into a quarter, not, not even a tenth of who the Holy Spirit truly is. Amen. Now, don't let that discourage you. I, I encourage you, let that, I hope that it, it encourages you to discover more about the Holy Spirit. Right. And not just a, not just a, a book knowledge, but a, but a one-on-one knowledge, yes. you know? You. you know, if, if, uh, if, you were, if I were to um, only describe uh, mom or dad based off of, you know, their report cards and medical histories and uh, work schedules and work attendance and, and everything that you could read on a sheet, that, that would be semi-accurate, but it wouldn't be the whole picture. That's right. But if I had a one-on-one experience with them, then I could describe to you who they are. 
So many times we as Christians, we get so focused on the, what the book says. And that's great. The book is great. We need the book. But there's something deeper. He didn't, he didn't just go to the cross for you just to read the book. He didn't just go to the cross for you to read the cliff note. When it comes to us and God, we need that one-on-one, that fellowship, that perichoresis. We need to be in that circle with him. We need to be fellowshipping with him. Amen? Amen. One of the eye-opening things we said last week was um, that the darkness in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, where it said the, the darkness covered the earth and the, the spirit hovered over the waters. Does everybody remember that? And we talked about how in the Hebrew, that word darkness, it doesn't just mean, you know, it, it doesn't, in that particular context, it doesn't mean if you turn the lights out, you know, then you're in the dark room. Um, but what it truly meant was um, obscurity and anxiety and separation and darkness. Um, today is part two in our series of pneumatology. And I want to talk about, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, studying the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we, we covered John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17 last week, but we're, all, we're, we're going to start there today. In John 14, verses 16 and 17 in the Passion Translation, Jesus says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior. And one thing we said last week, the fact that Jesus is calling the Holy Spirit another Savior. He's, he's referring to him as a Savior, which is powerful. The Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside you. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer. But you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. And then watch this. So when that day comes, you will know that I'm living in the Father and that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. The, the mirror translation says it this way. It says, verse 20, it says, in that day, you will know that we are in seamless union with one another. I am in the Father and you are in me. I am in you. Which goes back to that union. So Jesus is talking about that the gift of the Holy Spirit is to is in order for us to be one with the Father, Son, and Spirit. You know, one theologian says it this way: says the incarnation does not divide the Trinity. The fact that Jesus became human, the incarnation—that's what that means. The incarnation does not divide the Trinity. The incarnation celebrates the redeemed inclusion of humanity. It celebrates the redeemed inclusion of humanity. So I created this diagram. Think of it this way: four circles. So obviously we have four circles. The outer circle is God. The red circle is Jesus. The net circle is us. And the white circle is the Holy Spirit. And literally verse 20 said, in that day you will know that we are in a seamless union. Somebody say seamless union. That means that there's nothing that divides us. We're in union. There, there, there's no cracks. There's no, little, there's no little holes where we can slip out or somebody can slip out or something to slip in. No, we are in union with one another. And Jesus said, I'm in the Father. Jesus is in the Father, that red circle is in the black circle. He said, you are in me, that black circle is in the red circle, and I am in you, the Spirit is in us. That's, right. That's what it looks like, us in, 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 this, in this grand scheme of things. The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit, the same divine nature is in you as you abide in Christ. As Jesus, as he said, if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. We're in one. Somebody say one. one. We're in one. We're in unity. Unity. I feel like there's probably a song out there. Maybe stars like that. I don't think it 
I'm thinking the Bee Gees. That's another song. But anyway, Unity. Unity. Sorry, it's a nerd part of me. But uh, can we skip down to verse 26 in John chapter 14 in the Passion Translation? Jesus said this. He said, but when the Father sends the spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things. Somebody say all things. In my name, and he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. So I love this because Papa, uh, Papa was going to send the Holy Spirit. Notice how Jesus said again that the Holy Spirit sets us free. He said the Holy Spirit sets us free. We said it last week. <clears throat> Excuse me, we said it last week that, um, that the Holy Spirit literally sets us free from the power of sin living in us by him living in us. See, there could be two things that reside in you. The power of sin and death or the or the spirit of God. Literally, we see in Genesis chapter one that, yes, there was darkness that was all over the earth, but the Holy Spirit was hovering over, waiting to make order out of the chaos. Either we can have the spirit of, of sin and death. We can have the spirit of, of the law. We can have the spirit of religious duty residing in us, telling us what to do, telling us how to see things, how to receive things. Or we can have the same spirit of God telling us how to view things, giving us a heavenly perceptive, telling us how to talk, teaching us how to walk, teaching us how to love, teaching us how to be patient, teaching us how to listen, teaching us how to empathize, teaching us how to put out God's thumbprint on this community. There's, there's, there could be only one that resides in you, only one that, could, that can literally be, uh, that you can find your existence in you. I mean, Acts chapter 17, verse 28 says that we live, we move, we have our being. If you've been here long enough, you've heard me say that every Sunday. Why? Because it's true. We, you, you, may, you may not believe in tattoos, so if that's the case, then put it, put it right on a sticky note and slap it to your mirror, in your car, in your bathroom, in your purse, on your phone, make it a screenshot. Remind yourself that, okay, I'm living because I'm in Jesus, like that diagram said. I'm breathing because his spirit is in me, and it's the breath of God that's been blown through me. My existence is in Papa. Why? Because he's the originator. <laughs> the originator. No hater. <laughs> Not a duplicator. God is the originator. Can't nobody duplicate what he does. There's no app that can duplicate what the Holy Spirit can. There's, there's, uh, there is no app that can duplicate what we experienced this morning. If you, if you yielded to the Holy Spirit, there, there is, uh, as much as you may love your spouse or significant other, they cannot produce what you experienced this morning, what we are, what we are sitting in right now. Because just because we've moved away from the song doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's like, hold the song's over, back to heaven. I'm going to go sit up here. I'm going to go park it. We'll go park it on a cloud. And then when they start singing again, oh, they're singing Jabber. Let's, let's go. Blow the, the wind's blowing. Tornado. Already love. Oh, that's my favorite part. Lord, you know that. That's why you told Chandler Moore to write that little tag. Already love. No. The spirit of God is residing. Just as he was over the waters. Come rest on us, as the song says. Come rest on us. Mm. So Papa was going to send the Holy Spirit. Notice how Jesus said again that the Holy Spirit sets us free. And that's what we said last week. Listen to what Jesus says after the events at the cross and his resurrection right before he returns to heaven. He says in Luke chapter 24, verses 47 through 49 in the Passion. He says this. Now you must go into all the nations and preach repentance and forgiveness of sins so that they will 
Turn to me. <clears throat> Start right here in Jerusalem, for you are my witnesses and have seen for yourselves all that has transpired. Watch this. I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise. I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until you are clothed with the mighty power of heaven. So I like this because God or Jesus says that I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So he calls the Holy Spirit the fulfillment of the Father's promise. The Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of the Father's promise. Fulfillment means that everything that preceded that was leading up to that. See, we, we make such a huge deal about Easter, and there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. We made such a, a huge deal about, man, he, he died on the cross, died for my sins, uh, carried, you know, carried my sins far away. You know, one day he's coming back for the glorious day. Oh, and we, I mean, we, we, we write songs about this. We print it on our T-shirts. We tat it on our bats. I mean, you know, we, have, we, we, we make a big deal about him doing this. And what Jesus is saying, yes, that's great, but the fulfillment of all that, is me sending my spirit to you. Yes. Well, in other words, what Jesus said, oh, you, th you thought this was good. You thought what, what we was cooking up over here, what we was cooking up over here was leading towards this. See, if you ever, I remember, um, I can't remember what birthday it was, but uh, Kellen, it was right after Kellen, I think right before Kellen turned one, or yeah, before Kellen turned one. And for my birthday, uh, Kellen's like, what do you wanna do? I said, I wanna go to Nashville. I don't wanna take the kid. Uh, Kid can stay. Kid can stay with whoever. Now he stayed with Richard and Sharon. And uh, I was like, we're gonna go to Nashville, just hang out, do whatever we want on our own schedule, eat wherever we want. I just wanted to eat. I want to go to the Batman building, and I just want to just want to be free. Just want to be free. Want to be young. So we went to Nashville, and uh, and uh, we it was fun. And the one I'm getting to is I remember. Uncle Thomas, he, uh, he said, okay, I want you to meet, uh, meet me at this restaurant in the morning. So, okay, so meet, go to this restaurant. It's called Monell's. Oh, my Lord. Monell's. Mm. The spirit of God was in Monell's. All right, that's all I'm going to say. So uh, they hadn't opened yet, and there's a line. So I'm like, ooh, there's a line. You know it's going to be good when there's a line. So, uh, and Uncle's like, all right, Lindsay, I'm going to give you this disclaimer. Like, when they start to bring the food out, pace yourself. I'm like, pace myself okay like okay sure like what's he talking about hey like okay like it's gonna be that good i gotta pace myself and he's like i'm telling you Lindsay. he's like and he, he even gave me the look and i for that that was the first time i've ever noticed that my dad and uncle thomas do look alike similarly because he gave me that look that melting look like nephew pace yourself i'm like okay so you know we sit down and if you don't know breakfast is my favorite meal of the day like it's my favorite it is my favorite. Yeah, there we go. Thanks, Dad. And uh, so they, they sit us all, and the way they, they have it set up is they, they bring everybody in. You don't get your own table, just everybody in at a huge table. They have, did they have a Lacey Susan in the middle? I can't remember if they did or not, but, they, but once, they have, once the tables are full, that's when the staff starts to bring out the breakfast food. And they're bringing out all this stuff. I mean, the colors, good Lord, all the different colors of fruit. And I'm just like, whoo, whoo. So, you know, bring out the bacon. Well, get the, put the bacon plate right in front of me. I'm like, well, here we go. You chose the right person to set this down. So I scoop up some bacon, scooping up some biscuits, some waffles. You know, I kill like, you want a little fruit? Yeah, we'll get a little fruit. You know, it's my birthday. And I'm eating. I'm just having a good time. And Uncle's looking at me. And I'm looking at him. His plate barely got maybe two or three items on. I'm like, you, you're not hungry? He said, he said, you ain't pace yourself, did you? I was like, what are you talking about? He said, just wait. Then round two came. 
Round two came and the staff came. They didn't, they didn't bring what, they didn't replenish what they brought out the first time. They brought something totally new, totally different. Fruits that I had never seen before. Syrups that I'm like, how do you even pronounce this type of syrup? And, and here's the problem, I was full. <laughs> I was already full off of round one. And if it gets better, it does, because then they brought round three of some other stuff. And I'm just like, huh? And I look it over uncle's plate. It's full. And he's just eating it. And I'm like, oh. He's like, oh, you want some, don't you? I said, I do want some. He said, you can't eat because you're stuffed, aren't you? I said, I am. He's like, I told you to pace yourself. See, uh, you know, when they brought the first round, it was great. But everything that they was bringing was leading up to the stuff that I had never seen before. You know, when it came to Jesus, yes, he went into our darkness to redeem us. But as great as the cross was, as great as he raised it from the dead, all of it was a precursor to get us to the moment where he can live within us. He can live with you. He can live in you. He can be in you, helping you move, helping you breathe, helping you dodge anxiety, helping you get healed from triggers and trauma, helping you get healed from depression, helping uh, he can live in you and be that friend that doesn't leave you, you know, because we live in this life where friends come and go. The Holy Spirit can live in us and be that friend that's always there, that friend that sits closer than a brother, that friend that can listen and give us advice, the right type of advice, that friend that's not a yes friend, but that friend is, that's the right type of friend. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, he is the fulfillment of the promise of God. Everything that we've done is a precursor to this right here, which is us living in you. Why? Because we want to be in union with you once again. To the point that we go into the midst of the darkness. We, 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 Jesus lived the, sin, the, the sinless life in a sinful world. And God didn't crucify Jesus. Man, man did. Jesus just needed to, just needed to, to take our sins and put that to death. No, no, no. Man, man did the rest. And Jesus knew that. And still, the Father knew that. The Spirit knew that. And still, they embraced it. Raised three days later. Why? Because they, oh, guess what? We're going to get to live in them. They're going to get to have their existence in us again. They're going to be able to move, freely move, freely have their being in us. He's the breath of God. He is the breath of God. The breath of God. And this and this was this is and this pleased the Father, Son and Spirit. I love how the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of Papa's promise. I mean, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. You realize that? The same spirit. The same spirit that was hovering over the waters lives right here. It's, it's, who, it's who was in the room with us as we were worshiping, as we were singing and pouring our love on God. That's the same spirit that was hovering over the waters. The same spirit that was there in the very beginning. The same spirit that saves us from the power of sin by living through us in the fullness of God. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Spirit. Now, let's get to the part that we've all all been waiting for. If you haven't, at least I know I have. And that's chapter two. We're going to read verses one through four. Now, if you if you you don't have there's there's not a quota for Bible reading. But if you're one of those that like, man, I, you know, I just been so busy. I ain't be able to read my Bible today. You're going to get it in just because we got to have we got to have some contents for this. Well, in Acts chapter two, verse one. On on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Verse two, watch this. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of what? Hey, you thought I was just pulling words out of thin air. Get it, pun intended, wind, thin air. All right. Rushing into the house. 
from out of the heavenly realm, the roar of the wind was so overpowering that it was all anyone could bear. Now, hold on for a minute, if you don't mind, go back to verse two. I think it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool, the fact that the, the, as far as the Passion Translation uses those words, but let me pose this question. What wind do you know that comes from the heavenly realm? What wind do you know that comes from the heavenly realm? There you go. That's right. The Holy Spirit. We, I'm, I'm pulling a mom on you. We, 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 I'm asking you questions. We're going to learn. The wind from the heavenly realm is the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, the breath of God, the ruach of God. The roar of the wind was so overpowering that it was all anyone could bear. Now let's go to verse 3. I won't, I won't quiz y'all anymore. All right, verse 3. Then, at, then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tons of fire that engulfed each one of them. Now watch, watch verse 4. They were all filled and equipped. Somebody say equipped. equipped. With the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. One piece of advice that uh, somebody gave, gave me for me and Kelsey as we, as we embarked on this, um, as far as being pastors of this house, which was, Lindsay, you're equipped. I remember I was talking to this pastor and I was just laying it all out and just da 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 I don't feel da 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 and all these. And his response, Lindsay, you and Kelsey, you're equipped. You're equipped. He didn't say, you're equipped because you went to school or you're equipped because you had this, 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 or you're equipped because, no, no. He said, you're equipped. Why are you equipped? Because the Spirit of God lives in you. And I didn't think any much about it then, but it's funny because as we read this, these disciples, they became equipped not because of you know, their education, not because they were great fishermen. They became equipped because the spirit of God was living in them, Amen. which lets us know that I don't care how successful you may see other people be because you look up to them. At the end of the day, you are equipped to to be the parent that you're supposed to be. You're equipped to be the spouse that you're supposed to be. You're equipped to be the employee that you're supposed to be. You're equipped to be the employer that you are called to be. You are equipped to be the son and daughter of God because the spirit of God lives in you. That's enough. That's more than enough. That's more than enough. You don't need a cosign from anybody else. Spirit of God lives in me. I don't, I don't need a cosign from anybody else. I have the same nature of God. I don't need a cosign from anybody else. I appreciate your compliments. I appreciate, you know, one of my favorite Christian rappers, he said, he said uh, you can have your opinions. They don't matter. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. I'm like, I want that on a shirt. Ba-ba. Walk around. You keep your opinions. They don't matter. Why? Because your opinions didn't bring me into this world. Why? Because people's opinions, they, 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 you know, one, one person said that if you live for the applause of people, then you'll die from their rejection. Because at the end of the day, you know, uh, God didn't consult different people on the earth when he made you. God didn't say, okay, hey, hey, you know, I want to make Miss Ashley. Isn't y'all going to be? No, no, no. I desire Ashley. I desire Miranda. I desire Kelsey. I desire Kevin. I desire Shader. I, he desired us. He desired us. That's right. Thank you, Lord. You are desirable. Somebody say, I'm desirable. They were, they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. So what's, what's powerful about verse 4 is, you know, verse four, the one thing about verse four is, unfortunately, it will split a church and it will cause churches to start their own denominations because watch this. Some people said, you know, I've, I've heard definitely some people said, but out of verse four, there's two trains of thoughts that come from it. 
you know, there's some denominations that say, well, okay, well, the Holy Spirit came, therefore, uh, and we see the scripture that they were speaking in tongues of fire, and they spoke in, they spoke in tongues, and blow koto, and off we go. And that's all that happened. And I've heard some denominations say, well, the, the Holy Spirit gave them the inspiration to speak other languages and only other languages, and that's how they were able to speak the ancient languages and get other people saved, and that's it. But we read in verse 4 that it was both. Amen. The Holy Spirit came in tongues of fire. And through those tongues of fire, he influenced them to be able to speak the ancient languages. So they were able to speak both, not one or the other. Why? Because God was interested in stirring what needed to be stirred within them and then reaching the people outside of the building that spoke a different language. Thank you, Lord. Ah. See, here's the thing about the truth of God. The truth of God, it's, it's never just one concept. It's all of God. It's all of God. It's never, okay, well, you know, I liked verse 15, but I don't like verse 16. So we're just going to build on verse 15 and, make, and come up with our own denomination, come up with our own group, come up with our own church based off of only things that look like verse 15. No, no, no. If you own God, you get all of them. Amen. All of God. That's all you get. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need that's all we should be desiring not picking and choosing not cherry picking no 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 all of God and in verse 4 literally said that they they the tons of fire came and then out of that tons of fire the inspiration to the fact that they began to speak other languages well Lindsay what other languages were they speaking well let's go back into the story in verse 5 says this, now at that time there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening because each one, watch this, each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Like I said earlier, God gave them the thing that needed to be stirring within, but also he didn't want it just to stay within the disciples. He knew that there was people outside the world that he wanted to reach, so therefore he gave them the inspiration to speak a language that the other people can understand. Verse 7, bewildered, which means they were confused, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them from speaking in our own languages? Okay, yeah. How is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? Um, And once they ask this question, then in verse 13, but others poked fun at them and said they were just drunk on new wine. So the reason uh, we skip to that is because isn't it interesting how once things, once God starts moving and once we become aware of it, then we got the carnal side of ourselves or somebody else in the room. You always got that one person that's like, oh, you know, they just feel that way because the air conditioning's on. Or you just feel that way because, you know, you're about to get paid. So therefore, you know, you keep saying God's good, but you got paid. So really, you know, da, 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 or, you know, or our flesh likes to chime in and likes to give us reason. Give us logic for the understanding of God. I'll be honest, you and I, we cannot understand God, nor do I want to. The one thing that I know is he loves me unconditionally. And I build my life on that. Lindsay, why did he bless you? Because he loves me. Lindsay, why did he protect you? Because he loves me. Lindsay, why did he? Because he loves me. Lindsay, because he loves me. Well, Lindsay, don't you want to know? No, I don't want to know the details. All I know is he loves me. I'm not, and I'm not checking that. I'm not questioning that. There's always the carnal part of our mind that likes to reason or ration, you know, what God is doing or why or what happened in order to convince us that it wasn't God. 
And in this story in verse 13, you know, right before verse 13, the people there are like, how is this happening? How are these people able to speak my language? Because they're not from where I am. And then you got one person, oh, they're just drunk on wine. They're just drunk on wine, so it's just a coincidence. There's no coincidences with God. There's no, you know, coincidences with how God moves, how the spirit blows. No, no, no. Everything that God does is intentional. He is a intentional God. Amen. He is a intentional father. Jesus is a intentional savior. The Holy Spirit is the intentional savior. The Holy Spirit is the intentional breath, wind of God. God. If he's stirring in your life, he's intentionally doing that. Papa doesn't just come into our lives just to, just to, ah, you know, I ain't got nothing else to do in heaven, you know, kind of bored, you know. Michael and Gabriel, they're, you know, doing the same thing they did yesterday. I'm, I, you know, I look in the mirror and I see myself the same that I was yesterday, same, you know, today, same, tomorrow's going to be the same. So I'm just hanging out with Miranda today. No, God is not like that. He desires with us, he desires to be with us, and he is intentional about being in your life. He's intentional about guarding and protecting and keeping you safe. He's intentionally intentional about you being aware of his love for you. Amen. Amen. So verse 14, Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, you need to clearly understand what's happening here. All right, Peter, tell us. These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. So the Lindsay translation, you already smile. I think you know where I'm going, but you smile at too. The Lindsay Mellon translation would be like, you know, I had a little commentary. And after this verse, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Because in my head, as I was reading this, I heard, oh, it wasn't five o'clock yet. <laughs> it wasn't five o'clock. It wasn't five o'clock in Jerusalem. All right, some of y'all get that later. It's five o'clock. Okay. Um, so verse 16. <laughs> this is the fulfillment of, that's why I like Peter. Peter was like, yo. This is probably gonna be a this is probably gonna be a country hit one day. But let me go on, let me go and say it and y'all pin it down. All right. That's where they got the song. What yep, he did. All right. He was from he was from uh, you know, he was Jewish, so he's probably from the, the, the backwoods of the Jewish community. I don't know, you know, the boondocks. I don't know. Verse 16. <laughs> this is the fulfillment of what pro, uh, what was prophesied through the prophet Joel, for God says. <clears throat> This is what I will do in the last days. Now, Peter, Peter is quoting what the prophet Joel, 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 sorry, Joel said in chapter two. We're not going to go there. We're just going to read it right here. But in verse 17, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. And your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams for God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Mm. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear. For the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before the great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Save. Verse 37, Peter, or watch this, when they heard this, so Peter gives this speech before I even really get into this. So they accuse the disciples of being drunk on wine, and Peter's like, bro, it's not even five o'clock. We ain't drunk yet, all right? 
We're not drunk on that wine. What's going on is, <laughs> I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I had to. But he begins to explain what you are witnessing is the breath of God, the ruach of God, the pneuma of God. You are witnessing the spirit come and manifest itself in us to the point that God loves you so much that he has influenced us to speak your, late, your native language in order to get you to realize who God truly is, who Jesus truly is. And in their native language, the disciples begin to explain from Genesis, the spirit hovering over the waters, all the way to Jesus coming, on, coming into the earth and down on the cross and raising three days later and ascending to heaven and sitting at the right hand of the Father. And Peter explains all of this to them. And after he explains all this, after he preaches some churches, uh, some theologians say after he preaches the first sermon, preaches the first preached the house down in verse 37 it says when they heard this they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus they realized that wait we're the ones that crucified him then deeply moved they said to Peter and the other apostles what do we need to do brothers Ooh. There are, they are, see what repentance looks like? What true, repent, true repentance isn't ripping your clothes up and coming to the altar and crying your, your hearts out and crying your eyes out. True repentance is a, is a shift in your mind, shift in, a, in the way you think, shift in the way you perceive things, shift in your perspective. You literally turn in and think, okay, this, this is the way I viewed, but God says I need a view. Oh, we're going to shift our mind. Colossians chapter three, verses one and two literally says that we shift our minds and we 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 think of the heavenly realities. We meditate on, OK, God, how do you see this situation in my life? OK, that's the way I'm going to see it. That's what true repentance looks like, a turning away, a changing of your mind. And listen, that's what happened in verse 38. Peter replied, repent. Hey, see, I, I ain't even read this yet. And look, there it is. Look at God. Repent and return to God. And each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you know the Holy Spirit's a gift? For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed the word that they numbered 3,000 and they were all baptized and added to the what? This is the first time in the New Testament that we see that word church being outside of the gospels. We see it in the in in the book of Acts chapter two. And I love this because notice and I'll and we'll and. We'll, we'll, we'll close with this, but notice that the church was formulated and given life after the wind, a.k.a. the breath of God was blown. We don't see the church becoming the church. We don't see the disciples formulating together and, and other people hearing the gospel and, 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 and repenting. We don't see all that happening until the breath of God was blown into, into the world. Why is that? Because... You know, I said it last week, but the significance of this is the breath is what gives a body life. You know, when the paramedics come to see if a person is still alive, what is, is he breathing? Is she breathing? Why? Because you're, if you're breathing, you're alive. Breath is important. Oxygen is important. Listen, I know I've, I've learned my lesson. Kelsey tells a story all the time, but when she was giving birth to Kellen, I was just so magically engrossed with, oh, look at this moment. Ah, this is so great. Ah, 
He's about to come and my one job, you know, you, you've ever been to a fast food restaurant and they mess up your order and instantly in the back of your mind, you're like, man, you had one job, just worth the fry basket, bro. You had one, what do you mean you're out of fries? You got, you brought, you hire a person just to stand at the fry basket and flip the fries. How you out of fries, man? You ain't do, you have one job. I had one job in that delivery room. Just keep the oxygen mask on Kelsey. Why? Because she needs that oxygen. Coincidentally, she needs oxygen. You know, I don't, I don't know why she needs it, but she needs it. She needed it. I couldn't do it. Why? Because I was just like, ah. But the doctor, they, they, they knew that oxygen was so important that, you know, the doctor so nicely was just like, you know, oxygen, oxygen, keep breathing the oxygen, oxygen. I can feel my lungs taking air again. She couldn't sing that that time because I wasn't doing my job. But the doctors knew it was so important that they made sure, like, hey, like, you have to have this. Oxygen proves that a body is alive. And we don't see the body of Christ become alive and growing until the breath of God, until the mighty wind of heaven blows in in tons of fire and influences these disciples to preach the gospel to people that never heard the gospel before. See what the Holy Spirit does. Yes, the Holy Spirit can stir in your life, but it's not just meant for you. Why? Because God is God is so he, he loves all of his creation so much that he's not only invested in you, but he's also trying to make you a conduit. Not a cul-de-sac. We said it, we said it last year, but God is invested and he his desires for you to be a conduit, something that he can flow through. Not a dead end. Not a dead end. See, as a mail carrier, I love dead end streets because that means that eventually I'm going to have to turn around. And I can, all right, go right back up. Or the dead end street, that means that, okay, there's going to come a spot, especially if it's, if it's a cul-de-sac, there's going to be a spot where I can stop, get out, stretch my legs, da-da-da, because on the GPS, it literally, it looks like I'm still, like, right there, so I'm, I'm not doing anything shady, but I could get out, walk around, stretch my legs, pop my toes, because I can pop my toes if you know, now you know, but I, I had to do all that. And then get back in the car. Don't make that face. But the thing about a cul-de-sac is it's a dead end. There's, there's the, at the, it's, it, you can't go any further. And that's not God's desire for your life. Otherwise, he would not have given us the Holy Spirit. But everything that he did at the cross, a precursor, literally the Holy Spirit was the fulfillment of the promise of Papa. Everything we've done is to lead up to this moment, to give you the same spirit that we have. And for that spirit, not just to rest in you, not so you can go in the house and, and clam up in the corner, not so you can only show up and worship God on Sundays, but so that when you get to work on Mondays and you see people that are hurting, that same spirit influence you to minister to them. Yes. Now, I'm not saying you got to go up and slap them with the bacon grease and, and preach five chapters. No, no, no. Minister literally just means to, to, uh, to witness what's going on and, and, and literally reflect and echo the heart of God. Because listen, that ho the Holy Spirit, it's, it's literally that connection. So really, all you got to do is position yourself. You don't, you don't have to try to think of what you're going to say, what you're going to do. The devil loves to make, okay, well, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know. What to, I, I get like that. There's sometimes where I'm like, God, I don't know what to say this Sunday. Or I don't, I don't know what to do in this moment. Or I, uh, there was a, uh, last week, I didn't tell Kelsey this, but there was somebody that was, I could tell they was hurting. And I'm like, God, I don't know what to say. I, I feel like you want me to say something to them. What am I supposed to say, God? I don't know what to say, Lord. I'm, I'm clamming up. And the Lord had to remind me, you don't have to come up with the, what to say, Lindsay. My spirit is in you. Therefore, the, the line of communication is open 
just be quiet and listen to what I'm I'll speak through you. See, if you if you call somebody, they don't pick up. You can't talk to them. But once they pick up the line of communication, it's a it's an open line. And the Holy Spirit gives us that open line to where God can echo what he wants to echo. And the Holy Spirit being the same nature of God. Oh, I know what God said. Echo it through us. All we have to do is position ourselves in the right place. Well, Lindsay, what does the right place look like? The right place looks like the last place that he told you to be. I heard Pastor Mike Todd say that one time, and I was like, I, it hit my flesh, and I was like, God, I don't like that. Because like I said before, we love to run for the Lord. Lord, I'm running for the Lord. Run, run. But nobody likes to sit and wait. But that's what made David the truest king. The fact that he was anointed and crowned king. He was anointed king and blessed and then went right back to the to the sheep poop. Right back to the lions, tigers, bear, oh my, you know. You know, and if if it was me, if I was crowned king, I throw that throw that staff, walk up and saw, hey yo, get, get out of my chair, bro. God anointed me the king. Fold this laundry. <laughs> I'm the king, so you know. Uh, don't, don't we have somebody else that does that? You know. But David, David recognizing, okay, I've been crowned king, but my Abba, he, he asked me to stay right here. That, that's the last thing I heard, so I'm, I'm just going to chill over here and wait until he gives me more instruction. I'm, I'm just going to stay in the last place that he told me to. I'm just going to keep doing the, the, the last thing that he told me to do. That's one of the things that, you know, it, 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 that's the, the not so, you know, glamoury side of Christianity, not so glamoury side of following the Holy Spirit, not so glamoury side of, of worshiping Jesus, not so glamoury side of walking with and in the presence of the Lord. Okay, well, Lord, you, you, said, me, you said for me to do this thing last time. Well, okay, but I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm, I'm ready to go new heights. I'm ready to climb new uh, levels. Yeah, I, I know you desire that, but right now I need you right here. Why? Because my spirit is blowing something. It's blowing some stuff out. You know, I remember as a kid, I told Kelsey this, but I remember when I first started driving uh, and my dad was teaching me how to do maintenance on my car, just the basic maintenance. And I remember one time uh, he, uh, he, he, he gave me the Melton Stern talk about, Lindsay, you got to keep these leaves out from the, the spot. If you, know, if you ever look at your car right above the hood, there's that little spot where all the water and leaves and debris collect. He's like, Lindsay, you got to pull this stuff out. I'm like, Dad, it's just some leaves, you know. Like, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, man, why are you tripping over some leaves? Just some leaves. You know, I'm like, finally, I was like, I'll get the leaves out. So I got them and threw them out. And he's like, you don't understand. Like, with this, it's, it's, it's not going to allow the air to flow fully in your car. Because, see, as you drive, the car's going to collect there, and it's got to blow out somewhere. If it doesn't blow out somewhere, then it's just going to drag and bog the car down. Now, it's the Spirit of God. As it's blowing in your life. It's trying to blow some stuff out. But if we're holding on to the wrong things, then guess what? It's just going to clam up, and then 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 we don't wonder why our life is why we our life is unbalanced. Because well, I, I feel like God's trying to pull me somewhere, but I got all this other stuff that I'm entangled with, or all this other stuff that I think I should be keeping when really I should just be letting it go. 
There, it's, it, there's got to be that level to where the spirit can come in and blow and blow the stuff that needs to be blowed out. Because when the Holy Spirit asks, it's, he's bringing his nature, not just his nature, but the nature of God into your life, into your workspace, into your car. Literally, I'm in Montessori. I can, it's, I can feel like, Papa, that's you. That's not a separate version. That's you. How is that possible? Because the Holy Spirit's in me. How is that possible? Because that's what the Holy Spirit desires to do, is to make you aware of the fellowship that you are in. Make you aware of the circle that you are in with God, Father, or Father, Son, and Spirit. You know, I, I wrote this down, but gold, gold doesn't become gold when you discover it. You know, as a kid, me and KJ, we would pretend, you know, sometimes there was, uh, whenever we watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers and all these other, like, shows where they discover all these different things. And, you know, we pretend we got, we <laughs> we got behind Grady's house and, you know, pretend like we was digging for gold. She, you know, then we, she, she always makes us put the dirt back. <laughs> well, we pretend we was digging for gold. And, you know, the thing about gold is when people discover gold, gold doesn't magically become gold in that moment. It becomes currency in that moment. Gold is always gold. Mm -hmm. Always has its value. But once we're aware, okay, that's gold, that's when we place the value on it. The Holy Spirit is residing in you. The presence of God is always around. But it's not until you become aware of what's always around, that's when you place value in it. That's when you're like, oh man, God, that's you. You've been here all this time. Yep, all this time I've been here. Lord, that was you yesterday that prevented da-da-da. Yep. Lord, that was, yep, that was me. Lord, 10 years, and if you really, if you really sit in the presence of God sometimes, he'll, you'll, you'll start to be like, well, a few years ago, like when you, was that you? Yep, that was me. Oh, God. You love me that much? Yes, I love you that much. Wow. And then you don't want to, you don't want to shift your mind to anything else because you just want to keep thinking about how good he is and how much he's protected you from and how much he has provided from, uh, for you and how, all the different things. Literally, I'm in the Chinese restaurant and I can't even pay attention to how much the toll is because I keep thinking about Papa. Like, oh, Papa, Papa. And one side of my brain is like, Lindsay, are you about to have a meltdown in front of this lady? And I'm like, God, just let me keep it together. Let me keep it together. <laughs> Think about the egg rolls, Lindsay. Keep it together. Why? Because the because my spirit man and my physical my physical mind have finally connected to the point that I was realizing what was always around me the whole time. What was always around me the whole time. Listen, the breath of God blown into a lump of clay and dust is what created an entire human race. What do you think could happen to the piles of things in your life when the breath of God is blown into those things? Because when I was working on part two, I was like, Lord, there's so much about the Holy Spirit. What direction? And this is the direction he led me. And I'm like, Lord, why? Why are we talking about the breath of God? I mean, like, yeah, that's great. Da, da, da. And he's like, Lindsay. My breath created the humanity. My breath into the to lump of clay, into the dust that was formed. To, I, it created what you see. Imagine all the different piles of dust that sit in your life. Imagine what could, what could be created if you, uh, if you allow me to blow into those. I'm like, oh, God. And I'm sitting at the table as he's telling me this. And I just begin to cry. I'm like, oh, God. 
I'm like, Lord, whatever, just blow. Holy Spirit, blow. Every day in my life, blow. Every day, stir something. Every day, stir something. Every day, Lord, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, Lord, do what you do best. That became my prayer years ago because at some point in my life, I realized, Lord, I don't know what words to say, so I just say, Lord, do what you want to do and do it the best way you do. Why? Because I'm not putting any, any limitations on you. I'm not putting any parameters. No more, God. You are the breath of God, Holy Spirit. Blow into my life. Wind, blow into my life. Lord, help me to be like the leaves. The Lord told me this years ago, right before we moved to Florida, and I hated it. <laughs> he said, Belinda, I've asked you, I've called you to be like the leaves. To where when they move, it's because the wind has moved them. Not because they had a desire to move on their own. Not because they saw something flashy. Oh, look at that nice, strong tree. We're going to go over there and get on those branches. No. The leaves move because the wind blows them. Our existence, we live, we move. We have our being in God. Your life should be flowing because he's blowing. Not because you're blowing. Not because you're blowing steam, not because you're getting antsy, trying to make moves, trying to do all these different things. The church will grow as he blows. You will grow as he blows. And guess what? He's not in heaven sitting up there being like, okay, I'm just waiting for them to sing the right song so I can blow. He's always stirring. He's always stirring. He's always stirring. He's always stirring. I pray that you, when we walk out of here today and you live this week, I pray that your awareness of him always being there. Can I tell you this now? For real, we are done. But Jesus made this promise. He said to the disciples, and he made it to us. He said, he said, lo, I will be with you even to the ends of the earth. Last time I checked, Jesus is not physically sitting in here with us. If you see him, please let me know. And as a kid, that would confuse me. I'll be like, Lord, I thought you said you were going to be with me. Like, where you at, Jesus? And what Jesus meant was, yeah, I'm going to be with you. How am I going to be with you? By living in you. Because my nature. If you see me, you've seen the Father. So therefore, our nature, the Holy Spirit, is living in you. And he does not leave us nor forsake us. So therefore, God is still true to his promise of he is with us. How is he with us? He's with us by his spirit living in you. He's with you by his spirit living in you being the friend that sits closer than a brother, being the spirit that hovers over the chaotic moments in your life, waiting on God's instructions on how to make order out of it, being the same spirit that can raise the dead things back to life, being the same spirit that can accompany you, that can walk with you, talk with you, love you, shepherd you, guide you, lead you, protect you. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, thank you so much for today, God. Oh, Holy Spirit, breath of God, breath of God, breath of God, breath of God, wind of God. The sorry you, the, the, the common wind that surprises us, Lord. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lord, I thank you for moments this week. Help us to see you in that light. Help us to see you as the wind that surprises us and changes everything. Lord, help us to experience you 
as the breath of God, as, as you revive, Lord, some things that have, that have probably died off, some dreams and some desires that have died off. We give you permission to revive, Lord. We give you permission to blow, Lord, to blow in. And as you blow in, we, Lord, we let go of the things that we feel like we need. We let go of them. Why? Because you're bringing in something that is so much better. Help us to see that, Lord. Help us to see that, Lord. Help us to realize that all this time it's been you. Whether it's the close calls or whether it's the unseen, uh, unseen acts of, of you stepping in, Lord. Help us to see that at the end of the day it was always you. Lord, help us to see the roof over our head. That's you. The food in the fridge, that's you. The clothes on our back, that's you. The car, the gas in the car, doesn't matter if that gas is what it is, Lord. Still, the fact that we still have gas. Help us to see that that's you. Lord, help us to, Lord, help us to see you and I mean, down to the very details, Lord. Down to the silverware in the drawers, Lord. Down to the garbage bags in the pantry, Lord. Down to the fact that we are able to get up and sweep and mop. That we're not depending on somebody else, Lord. We help give, Lord, help us to, Lord, I, right now I speak a re, a reshifting in everyone's mind in this room. To where, Lord, we, we can't look and not see you. We cannot look at something and not see your goodness, not see your faithfulness, not see your fingerprint, not see your thumbprint, Lord. For your glory, God. For your glory, Lord. And Lord, I thank you as you are reshifting our minds. You are influencing us in order to minister to people outside of our sphere. Just like Peter did to the people that are outside of the building. Lord, help us to minister effectively to people that, 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 that aren't in the same room with us. Lord, help us to minister effectively to people that we work with or, or people that we run into or, or whoever it is, Lord. And remove the, the hindrances, remove the fear, remove the illusions of that we have to have it all together. We got to know the right words to say, the right scriptures to recommend. No, no, no. Holy Spirit, remind us that we just have to stand tall position ourselves in you open our mouths and let you speak or maybe even not open our mouths just just show up just show up and be there Lord bless us as we go to our many destinations in Jesus name everybody said